Nunez memo came out Friday. Now I got the, are they calling it the Schiff memo coming it's, out at some point? Certainly the Democrat memo, yeah, the counter memo, the counterpoint. Okay, super exciting. Please welcome back to the Armstrong and Getty Show, Bill O'Reilly, the most popular cable news show host in history and probably always will be given the fracturing of the channels. He's also the host of the No Spin News podcast on BillOReilly.com and the co-author of the New York Times bestseller, Killing England. He joins us now. Bill, how are you, sir? Thanks for having me back, guys. I'm fine. Thank you. So listen, we're not going to steer you any direction. What's your take on the big uh, Republican, Democrat, memo, counter-memo flap? Okay. Um, And I asked to be on your program because I want to reach people in California who have no blanket idea what's going on. (laughs) um, Because they watch cable news like a lot of people do, and the cable news services are misreporting the story. So what you have now is a situation where possible crimes, that's the key word, have been committed by high-ranking FBI officials. That's what this is all about now. The political stuff is over. All right. If you are a Democrat, you believe that Donald Trump's the devil and you want him out of there. Okay. If you're a Republican, you believe that the deck was stacked against Trump and all of this stuff with the Russian collusion is BS. Okay, you can go round and round and round, but what good does that do anybody? So, on BillOReilly.com, we've been analyzing the incredible evidence that is mounting against James Comey, the former head of the FBI, and his deputy, James McCabe. Okay? Now, McCabe's already been fired. They got him out of the building. Why did they get him out of the building? Because the inspector general of the Justice Department is going to issue a report soon that's going to say that McCabe booted the investigation into the Hillary Clinton email situation and the Trump-Russian collusion allegations. That's what this is going to say. Booted it as in the baseball term, meaning screwed it up. Out of the building. Right. Comey, incredibly, after the Nunes memo is released, says, is that all there is? And I'm saying to myself, this guy better lawyer up fast. Um, He better get Perry Mason on his side quickly. Because what that memo basically says is that Comey signed a, a piece of paper, brought it to a FISA judge, and got a warrant under fraudulent circumstances that Comey knew were fraudulent. That is a fraud upon the court. That's a felony. What part is fraudulent, Bill? That's what Bill. the Nunes memo says. What part is fraudulent? And that Comey knew the evidence they were presenting to the judge to get the warrant to tap the uh, Trump campaign came from a source that was unreliable. Comey said that. Unverifiable and unreliable. Comey knew that yet signed the, the uh, papers anyway, brought them to the judge, and didn't tell the judge that the FBI uh, believed this dossier was bull. And, but that's what they're asking for the wire on, the dossier. Now, Trey Gowdy you, says... You see what happened? Or, uh, am I explaining it clearly enough? Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. Trey Gowdy uh, says that there would be a Russian investigation even without the, uh, the dossier. But McCabe says they never would have gotten the wiretap if they hadn't used the dossier. Democrats say he the didn't whole thing say that. Is about, 
the wiretap on Carter Page, a low-level campaign guy for Trump. Right. That's what the whole thing's about. So they tap Page. Now, you remember that Donald Trump said at one point that Barack Obama wiretapped him in the Trump Tower. Remember sure. that? Yeah, it was the Saturday after Everybody last year's State of the Union. Yeah, everybody hooted. Everybody, oh, yeah, you know, CNN, three days straight. All right, they were like setting people on fire after they said that. Well, now, you know, it doesn't seem so crazy. They had a tap on Page. Page, you would assume, was in the Trump Tower being surveilled, and the surveillance warrant was received based on fraudulent information that Comey knew was fraudulent but didn't tell the judge. Bill O'Reilly's I mean, on the line. We huge. we had a listener point out the other day via email that uh, five of Barack Obama's top appointees were caught lying to Congress and or investigators, Holder, Clapper, Rice, Koskinen, and Hillary. And several of those lies had to do with uh, surveillance of U.S. citizens and or abuse of the surveillance power of the government. So, I t- you know, I would tell people who are listening to Bill right now, listening to you, Bill, and saying, ah! Come on, he's a partisan. I would say the ground is very fertile to believe this stuff, and as a free people, we ought to be paying attention. And listen, if it turns out Bill O is wrong, and and all these guys are blameless, well, that's fine. We've investigated it. We've made sure. Listen, I want to see what the Democrats are going to put out. I think that memo will probably come out Friday afternoon. That's how they usually do it in the White House. But I want to see what they have. And you say, I'm partisan. I'm not partisan. BillOReilly.com is not a partisan operation. We're not rooting for anyone. We're rooting for the truth. And then I'm basing my analysis on absolute facts. And when that inspector general's report comes out from the Justice Department, I will predict right on your program today, all hell is going to break loose. Because it, it, it is inconceivable that the IG, who's an honest man, there's an article about him on the Hill today, all right, is going to contradict what the uh, Senate Intel Committee put out. It's just, it's, it's impossible. So, you know, people who are now putting their heads in the sand and not, you know, oh, this, you know, Nancy Pelosi and all these people, uh, Chuck Schumer, we understand their job. I understand their job. Their job is to stick up for the Democratic Party and get Trump. And that's what CNN's job is, and that's what MSNBC's job. They have no other job. They're not interested in the truth. I am. Are you concerned? I'll tell you what, facts are facts. Are you concerned in the tenor of the whole thing? It bothers me that you got the two uh, House Intelligence chairs, uh, Schiff and Nunez, each going into safe ground on cable news and calling each other liars. That just seems like a bad idea for everybody. Well, I think you know that there's a social civil war in this country, and the the game the. Um, plan for the Democrats is to win the House in November and then turn around and impeach Trump. I mean, that, that's, what it's, that's what their game plan is. That's what they want. So once you have that kind of an intense situation, the Republicans know that, you're going to have this kind of back and forth uh, with vitriol because the Democrats want Trump out of there. And if they win the House and uh, Mueller comes back with anything, They'll uh, write up articles of impeachment. There's no question that will happen. So we're in a very intense war, political and social, in this country. And people should start to pay attention. But I I warn everybody again, 
Do not speculate. Do not believe what you hear on the news. The, the media has been compromised. Everyone knows that. All right. Um, you've got to look at the few people who are taking facts and presenting them to you in an honest way. That's the only way you can come to a fair conclusion. Bill's got the No Spin News podcast on BillOReilly.com. When all hell does break loose, Bill, we'll, we'll ha- hope to have you back on again. Thanks. I appreciate it, guys. Good, right, good, good See to you. talk. Thanks. Uh, from, uh, let's see, uh, been, big fan, been listening since Britney shaved her head. Well, that's a hell of a that, time. That was a big news day when Britney uh-huh. shaved her head and then tried to break the window out of that car. Remember yeah. that? Everybody thought she'd gone crazy. Then somebody who was involved in a custody battle or something pointed out, or was it with the court systems? No, she was trying to get all of her hair off so they couldn't find evidence of drugs in her hairs. And that's what was going on, because she was tweaking. Why are we talking about this? Anyway. I've <laughs> uh, been listening since Brittany shaved her head. I'm technically your political opposite, but I more often than not appreciate your usual thoughtful and amusing take of the events of the day. Thank you very much. But I cannot listen to Bill O'Reilly. Not going to do it. Disappointed he's on the show again. He's beneath you guys. No, no he's not. Nobody's beneath us. You're so much better than him. Well, that's true. Uh, I'll turn you guys off today and try again tomorrow. What? That, what it's not a four-hour interview, you baby. Do I want to read these texts or not? I need to think about it for a second. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. So listen, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> Michael, Michael is always in favor of transparency. Right. Um, I, I would tell you this. I disagree with Bill on a couple of points. Number one... I have it on some really good authority that FISA court judges and and judges in general are presented with evidence from questionable sources all the time. And that's part of the reason that they are judges and you try to have smart and wise people be judges because it's a jailhouse informant or it's a it's a guy on the street who's an informant or it's. Um, you know, this, this, uh, Christopher Steele character who's unquestionably a, a weirdo of one sort or another. And so judges get, you know, warrant applications based on interesting sources all the time. And that there was a great deal more than merely the Steele dossier that convinced the FISA court judge to go ahead and grant the wiretap, specifically on Carter Page, who'd been on the FBI's uh, radar screen for a very long time because he he, he uh, cozied up to the Russians for a long time, and they were quite certain that he was being recruited by the Russians. Not successfully. They were trying to recruit him. And so each side is trying to litigate, which is fine. They get to. Uh, they are trying to present their side in the court of public opinion and then let all of you decide. But Adam Nunez, is, is, he's, uh, he's litigating. He's not, like, teaching and being an uh, Aristotle, the totally, totally, an, or, you know, a Socratesian a teacher here. He's trying to push a particular point of view. And Adam Schiff, who I find a waste of skin, I think he's despicable, is doing the same thing on the other side. Mm-hmm. And and we're trying to, to to take an idiotic tack, which is, is the middle ground. We have trying to understand both sides and and figure out which one's telling the truth. I, or uh, both, which I'm not hearing anybody else do, by the way. No, for if, good reason. It's are, terrible business. Let, yeah. We ought to stop. <laughs> you might not have any listeners or viewers if you do that. If you know the show that's doing that, let me know because I'd like to watch it or listen to it. I have some really uncomfortable texts about uh, Bill O'Reilly and an uncomfortable opinion. Well, that I, have, I'm, I, I might, have an idea. I might I might change my mind during the commercial break, but I'm not sure. Uh, about whether or not I want to talk about this. Speaking of fair and balanced, at 8.04, we'll talk to Mike Rogers, former chair of the House Intelligence Committee, who's been highly critical as a Republican of the Republican memo. Uh, And says there's not a lot there. 
Bill O'Reilly. Obviously felt like there was a lot there. Stay tuned. Uh, uncomfortableness coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The voice of the West. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So we just had Bill O'Reilly on. I'll hit you with a couple of texts just about that before I get to the other stuff that is going to be uncomfortable. Oh, boy. I'd assume that was the uncomfortable stuff. Um, as it's like to... I got done with an oral surgery and the doctor says, all right, now the painful part. <laughs> what? <laughs> right. Right. Uh, we got a, you know this sort of stuff just threw up in my mouth a little listening to Bill O'Reilly. There's a lot of people that hate Bill O'Reilly. He's polarizing. Maybe you have acid reflux. What uh, does that have to do with us? And got a lot. Of <laughs> got a lot of. So glad you're having Bill O'Reilly on. Really misses show. Blah blah blah. He was the most watched cable news show of all time. So he he definitely had fans, and I understand why he's polarizing. Uh, also, this text, which I thought was interesting. I've never understood the idea that if someone does something you disagree with or says something you disagree with, then every word that comes out of their mouth has to be a lie. Why can't some people just listen to Bill O'Reilly, ignore the parts they disagree with, take in the parts you agree with, make up your own mind? I don't understand why some of you can't. So, so a lot of you, and I, I've noticed this since we started doing political talk and talk radio, are a, are. A, afraid that if somebody says something you disagree with out loud that it becomes true or something? I don't know what your worry is. Or that the, the, you'll lose ground in the battle of influence. Battle oh. for influence. All right. I guess. I'm not worried about that. Here, here's a thought for you. This could be my quote that finally gets into a book of quotes. i got to edit it, though. It's kind of in a raw form. Opposing ideas are the hands that form the clay of your own ideas. Whoa. <laughs> That's my mind exploding. I'm a little baked this morning. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta forgive me. I, I got up and hit the bong. Uh, also uh, got know, this. It's, text. it's fine. Your ideas will be fine. Sometimes they'll they'll be strengthened or enlarged by hearing something you disagree. Sure. With. But I, I hear. Who am I telling? I hear, why, why, why do I bother? I, I hear differing points on, on things, and sometimes uh, the most infrequent thing is, well, okay, you know what? That might be the right way. Maybe I was looking at it wrong. That happens now and then, not very often. Most of the time, I hear it. I think, okay, okay, I've thought it over. No, I'm still right. Yeah. <laughs> so so what's the harm? Yeah. Uh, we got this text. In 20 years, Bill O will be an old man sitting in a park bench, feeding the pigeons and yelling at them at the same time. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> okay, here's the uncomfortable ones. Okay. And we got quite a few of these. Whose show is this? Followed by, oh, I thought you got to speak when Bill O'Reilly came on. Sorry. Followed by, guys, he's talking. You need to be quiet. Remember, it's his show. No. Followed by, you didn't feel that way? No. I, I felt that I way. I know. You always and take it personally. It's the nature of the phone connection. When no. he's talking, he can't hear us. That's not the only problem. Well, he's, well, he's Bill O'Reilly. That's the way right. he's on, on his own TV show. He was always that way. Right. I do not want to have him on the show again unless he's going to let us talk. That the, the the only point to me of having a talk radio show is I get to have conversations. There was no conversation there. He right. had no it was very interest. one-sided. He had no yeah. interest in what we had to say. Well, if he had I'm no uncomfortable because of the sexual harassment stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> That's funny. That doesn't bother me at all. Um, oh, hypocrite! Hypocrite! <laughs> well, no, I'm just looking out for me. He's not going to sexually harass me. I would love to have a conversation with Bill O'Reilly. Right. I'll do that every day. Right. I'm not going to listen to him go on and on and on and then say thanks for letting me uh, 
advertise my book. Right. He has no interest in what I have to say, mm. which is fine. He doesn't need to. But then he doesn't need to be on here either. Push too far today. All right. Absolutely. Last time we had him on, he was in his. He was still in his humble. I got booted off the air. Remember, he said it's been the worst year of my life. And and it was awesome. We had an actual conversation with him. I would agree. And I thought, this is great. If this is the new Bill O'Reilly, mm-hmm. we got to have him on weekly. Today, he was back to his old, my opinion's the only one that matters. Please, nobody, whether you're the president, whether you're the head of the FBI, whether you're the leading medical expert, whatever it is, mm. I know more than you do. Shut up. That's the way he did his show for all those years. Always made me uncomfortable even watching it. Our favorite one, we were watching one night when he had on a, a, a general a big-time general who was running the deal in Iraq talking, and he stopped him. No, 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 no. Here's what you do. <laughs> and, and he's always you done know, that, it was which like is fine. Donald Trump-esque. I know more about ISIS than the general. Sure, Hilarious. which is fine. On his show, he gets to do that. I yeah. always thought it was crazy that he would do that no matter who the guest was, no right. matter their level of expertise. It appeals to some people, He is a layman would just, no, 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 no. And and he didn't want to hear what they had to say. Fine. He had the most popular cable show ever. He gets to do that on his show. I don't want it here. I don't want to be part of that. Now, I don't know. Do you think we should reach out to him and say, hey, if you're willing to have more of a back and forth where the hosts get to speak, they would like to have you on again to promote your website and your book. If not, they're not interested. Do you think we should do that or just not book him or what? I mean, I'm leaning toward that. the latter. I felt that. Obviously, yeah. a lot of the listeners could see that. Right. right. It's just that he's going to come on, steamroll the whole thing, take over because he's so freaking important, and uh, say whatever he wants to say. I'm not into it. Not interested. God, I remember when he used to have Brett Bear on, who I love. Brett Bear would go on his show, and Brett would start to talk, and Bill O'Reilly would talk over the top of him, and Brett would have that bemused look on his face. Like, All right, I'm on O'Reilly's show. I don't get to speak. Mm. I mean, because that's just the way he is, mm. which is fine. It's worked for him, but I don't have any interest in participating in it. I actually have some thoughts on the matter that I would like to present. He didn't want to hear them. All right. Good luck with your website, Bill, and I mean that. I hope it works, but you're not going to get to advertise it with me. Maybe Joe would like to interview him. I'll sit out in my car and smoke marijuana <laughs> while the interview is going on. If you'd like to. I appreciate your transparency, Jack. <laughs> really... Well, I would, I would say the bridge is uh, a bit uh, aflame at this point. So I think uh, that question's been settled. We got, whether he will we come got on this again. text. Jack has some serious sand in his vagina over this one. <laughs> The old Sandy V. (laughs) (laughs) What's coming up your news, Marshall? Stocks fluctuating wildly this morning. We will have the latest. Trump's lawyers trying to muzzle the president. And we get a new study. McDonald's French fries contain chemicals that may cure baldness. Stories Uh coming up minutes from now. Armstrong and I heard that, and it's always been in there? Yeah. So you'll Mm. leave a good hairy corpse. I've eaten a lot of French fries, and I'm a cue ball. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. From the text line, Jack appears to be having his lady time. <laughs> hmm? From the email uh, line at armstrongandgetty at yahoo.com. Hey, how quickly are we going to get that new email address going? What the hell's the delay? It's the internet. I've opened like three email addresses in a single afternoon. Come on! Anyway, uh, only two libtard yahoos like A&G would attack Rep- Representative Nunes. 
etc., etc. Then uh, our kids are going to be spoiled brats who will be loony leftists who will be rioting with violent groups like Antifa and BLM. That's uh, that's something. That's a prediction. I don't see my kids doing that. I look forward to talking to Mike Rogers, former chair of the Intelligence Committee, a little bit later in the show. Oh. Uh, let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, i got to tell you, stocks fluctuating wildly this morning, watching the markets like a tenacious hawk. Where are we now, Joe Getty? Marshall checking the latest from the markets, he says, having forgotten to click to that tab. <laughs> eh, eh, eh. Is that, uh, well, it's frozen. Whatever, it doesn't some. matter. It matters <laughs> d- deeply, Jack. It doesn't matter. Just because you're a, 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 a libtard and an ignoramus. <laughs> there it is. There right. you go. Stand by. Okay. The Dow is down again. Oh, it is down. It oh. had been down, then up. Now it's down. Soon it will be up. The NASDAQ appears to be up. And the S&P is actually up. And the no folks in the hour. Oh, those are individual stocks. Never mind, sir. I assume you listen to this financial stuff because you want to be like rich people. Rich people are not watching the market on a minute-by-minute basis and making their long-term decisions. No, unless they're they're making very short-term decisions, which is a thing, too. But most people don't do that. Listen, I am capable of both nuanced and sophisticated humor and uh, and, and the ribald schoolyard stuff. And my favorite uh, reference to the stock market I ever heard is that the markets are looking for a firm bottom. And I said, me too. Uh, And that's it. Everybody's trying to figure out how low good does it go, and then I'll start buying again. Everybody's fine. President Trump's lawyers reportedly want him to refuse to be interviewed for the investigation into Russian meddling in the 2016 election. The New York Times is reporting Trump's legal team is worried he could be charged for lying to investigators if he makes contradictory statements during the questioning. Meanwhile, there are reports that the uh, former Trump White House chief strategist Steve Bannon is going to ignore a subpoena to testify before the House Intelligence Committee today. That could open him up to uh, contempt of Congress citation. He may ignore the subpoena. That is typical D.C. crap to try to have a story to talk about. How about we wait and see? If he does, then that's a story. He probably won't. God, I'm so tired of this. By the way, my apps have unstuck, and uh, all the indices are down a little less than a percent, so everybody's trying to figure out what's going on. Whatever. Organizers of the South Korea Winter Olympics that open up on Friday are scrambling because of fears about norovirus that has sidelined more than a 1,000 private security staffers. Oh, no. The South Korean military is now providing security while the private staff undergo medical tests. Oh, that's all you need. You go to a foreign land on a foreign continent and... You know, with the different sorts of foods and stuff like that. And you know, you're traveling, you're touching right. handrails in countries where you don't have immunities to everything. And the norovirus is running rampant. Oh, boy. This could be one of the upchuckiest Olympics in history. God, that'd be something oh. if the norovirus went through the Olympics. Oh. Fans, athletes. <laughs> Bob Costas' eyes aren't pink, but he's throwing up all over the desk. Right. His and elf and shoes. his drawers, right? Yeah. And you got some, you know, the 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 the, the, the Jamaican bobsled team actually wins a medal because everybody else is in their, their their hotel room with it coming out of both ends. 
Sorry for really the sick to my stomach. I and actually, I threw up yesterday. There's a South Korean there. Some of those Super Bowl yeah. Olympic ads were cool. That Lindsey yeah. Vaughn ad, I thought that was really cool oh, and, yeah. and, and really showed you what those people do. Yeah. That whole downhill, that the, those are the studs of the planet. Yes. Those people, men and women who do the downhill. Holy cow. Well, and I hate to lose the thread of the thing, but you remember there was a story about, was I guess it was the 60 Minutes mm-hmm. story, about the horrific child raping uh, doctor guy. But as part of the story, it showed you the training regimen of these little tumbling pixies. Which, you know, sorry, Navy SEALs. I'd like to see you guys go head-to-head and, and see who does right. what. I realize it's a different sort of training, right. but oh my god, the toughness that these little gals have to have. It's amazing. New, new studies indicating McDonald's french fries contain a chemical that may cure baldness. What's it do for fatness? Well, it may uh, it may expand uh, your uh, waistline, but uh, they have looked at it, and scientists from Yokohama National University in Japan discovered the chemical dimethylpolysiloxin, is silicone used in McDonald's fry oil to prevent splashing, can be used to mass-produce hair on mice. Hair follicles on mice. If you're looking for hairy mice. <laughs> <laughs> Though the method's only been used in mice, the team feels the technique will be able to be used on humans with similar impressive results. Did they rub it on them or inject them in it or make them take pills or what? Am I making the mistake of eating the fries instead of rubbing them on my pate? I think I think the rubbing is probably the way to I go. I think you on buy this. the fries and do it right there next to the counter. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> uh, my my friends. We do have a celebrity death this morning. Oh man, actor John Mahoney. Wait a second. What do you mean, oh man? Maybe oh. it's a celebrity you don't like. Ah, Maybe you're going to be happy nice. they're dead. Ah, it reminds me of my own mortality. Okay, see what it is. Actor John Mahoney's dead at the age of seventy-seven. Nah, I know his work. I think dad from Frasier. Best right. known as Martin Crane, yeah. The tough-talking dad of Fraser Crane in the sitcom. You look great. Don't BS me. I do not look great. I spent Monday on the bathroom floor. You can still see the tile marks on my face. <laughs> he was also the dad in the John Cusack classic Say Anything, which was a good movie. Yep. Fraser uh, ran for uh, 11 seasons. He apparently uh, passed away on Sunday. He was in hospice care. So, John, see ya. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. That's what you say when people die? See ya. See ya. See ya. Joe should give his award-winning financial advice when we come back. It's the best advice I've heard thus far. Happy to do it. Yeah. I'm sorry I'm not a skinny girl with really big boobs, because that seems to be a necessity on your cable news <laughs> financial reports. I apologize. What would you be wearing for that? This? Something very, very tight. I'd wriggle into something for you. Who decided that the financial reporter has to be that? Oh, you got some dumpy middle-aged doofus like myself or some hottie with their uh, boosoms a heaven? You got to go with the heaven boosoms. Teat. Sure pushed, yes, Jim, sure pushed Jim Kramer out of the way. Please, he needs bigger boosoms. Best financial year advice you're going to hear. How to deal with the stock debacle of yesterday. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Voice of the West. A lot of people are mad about a Ram truck ad that used the words of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah. Yeah, people were particularly suspicious of the part where Dr. King says, civil rights are ram-tastic. 
That is funny. That now, is good. I saw some advertising agency monitor person said that Dodge got, I don't remember how many gazillion dollars worth of advertising out of that controversy. They're mm. saying it was a win for Dodge because the number of times that Dodge got mentioned, people went back and watched the ad. They looked at all the clicks on social media, and, and they got tens and tens and tens of millions out of the free advertising. Pointed out it was all about service, and or just saw the trucks and thought, that's a cool-looking truck. If you believe that, you know, as long as they spell your name right, your name being mentioned is always good. How many people are going to not buy a Dodge because of that? Even if you think it's coarse. I think it's coarse, but it would never right. factor into right. my... I wish you uh, hadn't done it, but it would never factor into my car buying decision. You know, it's funny. As long as you brought up uh, the Super Bowl advertising, and we've got to get to my incredibly important financial advice in a moment. Absolutely. Or two. Boy, I hope you haven't done anything rash right, in the Stephen. wake of the biggest stock market drop in history. Hope yesterday. you haven't sold that second kidney or all of your children. I read this piece about Diet Coke's return to Super Bowl advertising. I guess they hadn't for a while. And the Australian actress, a TV and film actress, Haley Magnus, was supposed to shoot a six-second video that Coke executives planned to use for social media in a big campaign. Six seconds. She was supposed to do something funny with her shoulders in front of a giant yellow wall on a set in East Los Angeles. Instead, she ad-libbed her way into a Super Bowl commercial. Recalled Paul Feig, 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 creator and director behind a number of movies. She was so funny from head to toe doing this dance. So this is the and she started. Guy. Yeah, she started to narrate her action, which wasn't in the script. She said, uh, "He said she started getting sillier and more charming." She's ad libbing. I go, "We, I, we, I can't stop. We we're cracking up. I think this just might be the Super Bowl spot." And Diet Coke says, "We chose Paul as our director because he had this wonderful ability to pull improvised and comedic performances out of actors. It's serendipity. It's amazing. It's a creative mind letting a creative artist run free." But the story's great. I just loved it. It was the single lowest-rated ad in the Super Bowl. Well, buy that ad meter, whatever that means. I the like people. It. The ad meter is the people. That was one of my favorite ads. Maybe I just run counter to those people, but I thought it was really good. Maybe you just like long-legged circus freaks, because that girl's legs were weird. So, so long. she ad-libbed all that. That's pretty funny. Oh, yeah. She's just supposed about to do this? a six-second is, is this starting to look sexy? How do you like this? <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know what? Honestly, I thought it was cute and charming when I yeah. saw it. I thought it was so bizarre, because I like weird, and I thought it was so weird. I thought, wow, that's gutsy by the, the folks at Diet Coke. I won't drink it, because it's got those nasty artificial sweeteners in it. But I did a survey with my son I yesterday. I used to drink it all the time. Probably affected my brain. Yes? Because I had been mentioning that uh, I've never heard my second grader or his friends ever mention the NFL. I've never seen him wearing any NFL gear. Mm-hmm. When I was his age, we all had some sort of NFL hat, jacket, lunchbox, backpack, something. All of us, me and all my friends. Right. And watched the games and could name players. And it's just part of the, the dying NFL. But then, so I asked my son yesterday when I picked him up, I said, uh, was anybody talking about the Super Bowl? He said, everybody was talking about the Super Bowl. And we tell you, and he went on and on. He was really excited about mm. stuff that happened in the game, the guy that tried to jump over the other guy and landed on his head, you know, mm. the, the just, and the, the ads. And so, Justin Timberlake. So, the Super Bowl was a big thing mm. for the second graders still. Interesting. I wonder. But that won't last if there's no interest in the game. I yeah, the number of young men following the game, as we've mentioned a couple of times this week, declined from roughly 75% just four or five years ago to more to like 51%, not like 51%, to 51% uh, in this year's poll. 
just a plunge in interest among the seeds, the the the, the uh, saplings, if you will, of future support. The stock market had the largest drop in U.S. history yesterday. If you're counting by points, which doesn't matter. If you go by percentage, it was the largest drop since 2011, which you don't even remember because it wasn't a big enough freaking deal. And we're all fine. And we're all fine. But here's Joe's advice on how to deal with the biggest drop in stock market history. Jack, the Dow is now slightly positive. Standard Poor's slightly negative. NASDAQ slightly negative. I'm positive. It'll be negative in a second. Here's how you deal with the giant stock market crash that got so many eyes and ears pinned to your TVs, your radios, your websites yesterday. Here's how you deal with this. Here's a hint. You're doing it right now. (laughs) Brush your teeth, eat your cereal, go to school, go to work, make sweet love to your spouse and or your fornicating partner of choice, and enjoy your life. Now, if it does this every day for a week, I will have a different analysis. Yeah, well, that's something. But that's usually not what happens. But again, it only really, really matters if today you are going to go to your broker or your financial advisor and say, you know, I'm getting close enough to retirement. Let's put all this stuff in bonds. If if today was going to be the day, I'm sorry. You're probably going to have to wait for a few months because the, the, you know, all the the basic information that drives the markets and about the global economy is great. It's fine. So listen, I mentioned this earlier, and, and you folks who follow the market, you know this, you know better than I do, but those of you who don't, the market was so overheated, it was such a bubble, everybody who, who follows it and is in it was like they were sitting at a blackjack table, having won six hands in a row, saying, i got to take my money and get up. I've got to take my money and get up. I've got to take maybe one more hand, maybe one more hand, and then I'll pick up my money, and I will go. I'll grab my chips. I've got to go. i got to go. I can't play another hand. I'm so stupid. I know if I do, I'll lose. And everyone's just waiting for an excuse to scoop up their chips and run for the exit. And sure enough, the, the, the little sign of inflation, maybe the Fed raises little rates, and everybody says, now I'm taking my money now. And, and and so that's what happened yesterday. I've also, and that's almost entirely it. And it happens every now and then. Sure. Um, I only heard one analyst bring up computer trading yesterday, which I find that whole thing fascinating. The computers that are set up to to sell if a certain percentage happens in the way that human beings might not. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, a human being might have thought, no, it's just one of those blips. I'm going to ride it out. We'll be fine. Right. Warren, Warren Buffett does not make wild gyrating motions about the stock market. Mm-hmm. He's a long-term guy and seems to do pretty well. But the computers, they react very quickly in a bunch of different ways. So that can compound these drops like yesterday in a way right. that humans might have said, no, 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 this is no big deal. It's just a correction. We'll ride it out. Yeah, the computerized model of making zillions of trades and making a penny per, and that's how you make your money, um, is is a newish thing in the market, and it's distorting the market. And they're trying to figure out how to deal with it. So the stock market continues to be buying shares in companies you think are doing well, as opposed to just a wild speculation-a-thon. Well, and all the underlying numbers are great. Oh, yeah, they're Historic super. lows for unemployment, uh, uh, job participation is good, uh, the growth, everything is fantastic. So. And it's really strong worldwide, too, so um, uh, and I'm my very dad, optimistic. My dad regularly points out he's been retired for like 20 years. He's lost half of everything he's, that he has three times mm. since he's been retired. Then it comes back, and you're doing better. So. Yeah. Um, On the uh, other hand, a lot of the hysteria, just just understand this. You remember the whole, uh, when that wisdom became widespread that they're talking about uh, something on the internet. If it's free, you're the product. And uh, that remains true about Facebook, etc. You are the product of Facebook and what you do and what you buy. It's not, you know, Aunt Fanny's update there from Hawaii. Um, 
Well, in a similar way, breeding hysteria is now how you get eyes and ears on cable news and the rest of it. So, you know, do everybody's we, constantly hysterical. Do I have time for banned items at Foo Fighter concerts? Yes. Number one, Foo, because they'll fight it. <laughs> huh? Mike Rogers, former chair of the House Intelligence has Committee. Has been banned by Foo Fighters? Coming up on the program. <laughs> Why? So the Foo Fighters has a list outside the concert of prohibited items. I'll read them for you. Bags larger than 200 millimeters by 300 millimeters. Um, coolers, commercially prepared food, cans or glass containers, unflattering photos of Ryan Seacrest, <laughs> alcohol or illicit drugs, mixtapes not in CD format, <laughs> umbrellas, animals, any mention of Friendster or Webster starring Emmanuel Lewis, <laughs> air horns, beige or mustard colored macrame wall hangings, <laughs> objects that can be used as projectiles, leg warmers. <laughs> Any weapon, derogatory press clippings of Shania Twain. (laughs) Poisons are not allowed at Foo Fighters concerts. Naturally. Along with derogatory, I said that. Any pencil that isn't a number two pencil. (laughs) Pretty funny. Uh, Selfie sticks are not allowed. Neither is homemade nut milks. (laughs) As always, absolutely no food. (laughs) That's funny stuff. He was an FBI agent. He was the chair of the House Intelligence Committee. He's coming on with us, coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.